This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Today on the On Enquirer podcast, as promised, we talk some Illinois basketball. It's that time of year. We're just eight days away from Illinois' first exhibition game against Ottawa, 8 p.m. Friday night, October 20th at State Farm Center. And then, of course, just nine days after that, October 29th, Illinois hosts Kansas. Yes, Kansas. Bill Self, Hunter Dickinson, and a top five team, maybe number one in the country, uh, on October 29th, 5 p.m., the charity game for Maui Relief. Really looking forward to that. So Derek Piper joins me. We talk a little recruiting, a little Phoenix Gale, a little Chuck Love, a little bit what's going on there with some big-time visitors over the past week. But then we dive into 10 questions about mostly Illinois and then a little bit in the Big Ten. Just gets you in that basketball mood, which, let's be honest, we need a little bit right now, given the way the football season's going. But we break down the non-conference schedule, we break down the roster, the strengths, the concerns, who could break out, what they need to see, who needs to improve, and how they need to improve. We break all of it down. So Derek Piper, about 45 minutes of basketball talk, coming up next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. But first, you've heard us talk about home field apparel since the start of the football season, and there are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there, but we wanted to partner with Home Field because their designs are the best out there. Some of the Illini Enquirer's favorites include the Basketball Ringer Tee, the Rose Bowl Tee, and the 1980s Long Sleeve Tee. They got all of the script Illini. They got the 2004-2005 Illini basketball logo. So if you're looking to ramp up your Illini basketball gear before the season, check it out at homefieldapparel.com, filter by Illinois, and see what we're talking about. And our listeners get an exclusive deal. If you use code Illini23, you get 15% off your first order. Again, use code Illini23, and you'll get 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. We know you're all wearing Illini gear, so if you're in need of a refresh, we really think you should check out Homefield Apparel. Their designs are super unique, and a lot of thought goes into each kind concept. There's really nothing else in the market like what Homefield is doing, and not only are their designs great, but I'm telling you, these are really, really comfortable shirts. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com, and again, use code Illini23 for 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, it's time to talk some hoops. 
Derek, we need some basketball talk. It's that time. October, sadly, for football, it's it's there again unless they turn the season around. So let's talk some basketball. We got some uh, 10 questions we're going to go over, some Illinois, some Big Ten, uh, as we prepare for the start of college basketball season. But we got an exhibition game in eight days, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's sneaking up on us, and I get it. A lot of fans definitely fully transitioning into to basketball mode for the most part. We'll see. Uh, we've seen – Brad Bielema, even in his first season, get a little things going there in that second half. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Tough stretch here coming up. Uh, but I'm ready to talk hoops. I, I know we're you know two weeks away or so from that Kansas scrimmage. That's going to be awesome. And uh, a lot of expectations and just questions about this basketball team. I know they're talented. And I, I'm like everybody, I'm ready to see it on the floor and, and make some judgments out of that. Yeah, Bill Self feeling even better about himself after the uh, NCAA case just kind of went poof uh, for him. All right, uh, before we get into this, though, Derek, it was kind of a big recruiting weekend. I saw a lot of the coaching staff there with some uh, younger talent, 2025-2026, the Nebraska game on Friday night. Uh, just take us through a little bit about uh, that recruiting weekend for Illinois. Yeah, first and foremost, Phoenix Gill coming down, of course, the legacy recruit. Uh, getting a visit in to Illinois. And, and he'd come out in recent weeks and said, if you've followed it on 24-7 uh, sports, I know Alec Bussey used to cover the Illini uh, when he was at Illinois, uh, quoted him as saying Iowa State, Stanford, Northwestern are really his top three. Illinois kind of run fourth. And he just wanted to see where Illinois prioritized him and how they saw him in their future plans. So I, I think that for some people, even admittedly myself, uh, looking at Stanford, it only offered about a week prior to him saying that. I was like, Illinois was your first offer. They've been involved a lot. Uh, you didn't play AAU. Illinois went out in June. The only opportunity to see him over the summer and, and really watched him closely. Uh, but of course, Phoenix has the best judge of, of what that relationship's like and what their the conversations are like. But uh, it sounds like Illinois really took a firm step towards making him a priority, letting him know that He's a guy that they have big plans for, and we'll see. I think that you go into his junior season, you haven't seen him against a lot of high-level competition. He had a good year last year, St. Ignatius, about 11 points a game, showed out well in that uh, game against Simeon in the, the state semifinal, had 21 points. But uh, I like him. I like what I saw in June. We'll see if he grows anymore. I, about 6'2 right now, probably a combo guard. Uh, I think ideally if he could get into that 6'4 range, maybe progress a little late physically like his dad did. Uh, that would really put him in a spot to succeed going into college. So uh, that was a big visit. Uh, and I wrote up an article uh, on him here recently, can get all of his comments and, and whatnot. I thought it was pretty positive uh, for what Illinois is able to do. Uh, another big one in, in 25, Chuck Love, the third, coming in from La Lumiere, uh, a guy that plays Mo Can Elite, kind of in that Kansas City range uh, on the AAU circuit. And uh, Chester Frazier, he's, he's made him one of his biggest priorities uh, going into this class. And he's a a 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six wing type that's a good athlete, uh, can really score it from, from anywhere, from three, mid-range. Uh, he's, he's a really good player. He's in that top 50, top 60 range in that class. So uh, getting him on campus, he's, he's got a number of options at this point, but I think he feels like Illinois has, has prioritized him and Chester's working that hard. So uh, that's certainly good to see for Illinois. And, uh, and then finally, Melvin Bell coming down, uh, the guy that was with that St. Rita group last year. And, and of course they had a disappointing season and he was coming off of, of a significant injury, missed a lot of time uh, after a, a scary injury. I think he, you know, pretty much tore up his leg, tore up his knee in, in a AAU game. Uh, that would have been two summers ago. So coming, coming back mid season last year, someone that's been highly hyped, you know, going into his high school career and, and has a lot of athleticism, really good build. And uh, if he gets back to being who he was pre injury, 
he'll be a, a definite target on Illinois' board, and getting him on campus is always good. Yeah, it seems like now the focus is getting to 25, 26. Of course, Jeremiah Fears could be 24 or 25 at this point, but uh, kind of flipping the, the turning the page there into the next couple classes. All right, Derek, let's, let's focus on Illinois, the start of practice. They started about a week ago now with full practice for them. And I, I want to put it this way. They got, what, four weeks before their first game of the season against Eastern Illinois. The next four weeks of practice, the exhibitions, are most important for which Illini player? I think for me, it's going to start, it's probably going to be a recurring theme, the ball handling, the ball handling Ty Rogers. I think Ty Rogers, any and all experiences he can get operating as this team's top point guard is the most important thing for this team. I think as he goes into game action, what that looks like in terms of putting him in ball screens, having to make decisions, uh, seeing the floor well, does Illinois get him in some post-up opportunities? I'm really going to be interested in seeing if there's some booty ball involved in this in this offense and how Brad's going about just scheming the offense and trying to put him in positions to be successful. Of course, yes, the, the shot making around him is going to go hand in hand with making him look good. Uh, I think obviously you can include Draven Gibbs Lawhorn in that when he's going to play on the ball, Nicola Moretti when he's on the ball. Uh, but yeah, I think that for me, it's Ty. And I, I've heard a lot of good things about Ty throughout the offseason. I mean, the coaching staff has been really complimentary of the way that he's embraced the, the film room and just learning and listening and, and growing throughout the the year, but uh, I think until until the season starts again, any any chance for him to get better and, and to fine tune his point guard skills, I think that's the most important thing for this team. The guy I would add is Marcus Damask, just because he didn't get to play a lot with the team with that hamstring injury, was held out of Spain. Uh, so just getting in a rhythm and a flow with the team, I think is going to be really important because. I think he's one of the most important players on this team, given that he can shoot, given that he can facilitate, he can create a little bit. Uh, I just think he's such an important piece of this team and getting chemistry with Coleman Hawkins, Terrence Shannon, Ty Rogers, Dane Danger, right? Like uh, whether he starts or comes off the bench, he's just such an important piece, Derek. And I think getting him into a rhythm with this team is going to be important. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they got high expectations for him, a guy that they need to be a a pretty good shot maker, if not a, a knockdown shooter from the outside. And I, I know we talked about it before, transitioning from SIU where he's number one on the scouting reports. Maybe he's in a little bit of a different circumstance now as a catch and shoot that gets some better looks. And I mean, he's just, he's played a ton of basketball, scored a lot of points. And as somebody that's that's physically strong, that he can play kind of at the three, at the four, he's someone that, you know, getting him in a rhythm, especially as things ratchet up, you play Marquette and Obviously, the front end of December is really, really tough. Getting him back in a groove is going to be very important. Yeah, and they've, they've slimmed him down a little bit. Uh, he's lost some weight, play more of the three-roll probably than the four-roll here at Illinois. All right, Derek, Illinois picked to finish fourth in the Big Ten. You and I put a ballot together for the athletic poll, the 24-7 sports poll. We had them fourth. So we do have a little bit of confidence in this team, despite some uh, angst about the team. What gives you the most confidence about this Illinois basketball team? There's, of course, a couple of different ways you could go, but I will say experience. I think for me, it's the amount of experience this team has. You bring in three grad transfers who are all fifth-year guys. You got Damask, again, I mean, he's played and started a, a million games, essentially, uh, at SIU. Justin Harmon's played two years at the D1 level, and as an older guy, you've got Quincy Guerrier, who's played four years at the high major level between the ACC and then the Pac-12 Mix that in with Terrence Shannon Jr., who's going to be a fifth-year guy. You've got Coleman Hawkins, who's in his fourth year. Uh, and even the returners who are, are still like in class fairly younger, like Ty Rogers and Sear Harris, those guys have a year under their belt. Uh, Luke Goody, even though he played 10 games last year, is, is on paper a junior and has been in the program now 
going into his third year. So I like the amount of experience that Illinois has to get in some moments. I, I was digging through for my stuff on the my most recent article on offensive identity and looking at their late game issues. There was a lot of issues on last year's team, but late game was was a big problem. And I think that teams that are older and have been there before are more apt to execute and get things done in those crunch time moments. And last season could have looked a lot different if Illinois would have been able to, you know, been a little bit more effective in those those crunch time spots. So, uh, yes, this team has depth. Yes, this team has talent, athleticism. But I'll, I'll just go – my biggest thing that stands out, I think, is the experience factor. My biggest thing probably, Derek, is I think this team's going to be great defensively. I think they should be. They need to be great defensively because we'll talk about some of the offensive concerns here coming up. The other part is Brad Underwood teams have been pretty good defensively, but now you look at the size, the length, and, and the rebounding of this team. I think they should have more possessions than the other team a lot of times. So, um, And I think they're going to get a lot more second-chance opportunities offensively with their rebounding. So probably the physicality length, that all adds to defense, rebounding. I think this team's going to be really good at those things and then you bring up the experience I, I think they're going to cut down on turnovers and, and have a little bit of better shot selection whether they can make those shots uh, is still a concern but I think this is you know one of the best personnel groups he's had defensively and rebounding obviously Kofi Coburn uh, makes that a lot better uh, when the last couple of years before uh, he left but I think this team should be really strong defensively if they're not I'd be really disappointed yeah, and that can help a lot in terms of turning defense into offense. Yeah. I know that you know, Brad kind of – I asked him, are, are you trying to create more turnovers? And we're looking at the fact they had 13 steals a game in Spain. And he kind of pushed back on that said, no, I mean, competition plays into that. But, you know, they want to be sound uh, and trusting their guys, like, you know, the physicality of, of Ty Rogers and Terrence Shannon and obviously the athleticism of, of Sincere Harris to be able to get into people. I mean, Justin Harmon is a, a strong body guard that – uh, has had a knack for, for getting his hands on the basketball too defensively uh, of course inside I mean Gary A is really physical Dane obviously brings that uh, Marcus Damas can play uh, physical as well Goody's got uh, an upperclassman body that is, is always willing to throw his, his body around and play with effort so uh, I agree with you as far as the rebounding goes uh, I think that they can be if you want to look at it offensively too can be a little bit more effective offensive rebounding than they were last year took a little bit of a step back naturally without yeah. Kofi Coburn but uh, yeah, and I, I think that if they're as good as they think they can be defensively, then that will help them get out in transition and, and ease some of the half-court concerns potentially offensively. Because nobody's stopping Terrence Shannon in transition. Hopefully, Sincere Harris gets better at that. Justin Harmon's good in transition. Like, they got guys. Lawhorn. Uh, yeah, Lawhorn can do that. Um, but, yeah, adjusted def defense on, under Brad Underwood the last four years, 35-7, 29-26 in the country. I, I think they should be top 25. Like, I think that's a realistic goal for this team. All right, next question, Derek. What concerns you the most, point guard or shooting? Man, I can make a good argument for either one. I think <laughs> they kind of go hand in hand as well. So they, they do go hand in hand. I, I think that as you look at it, as I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, that if there are, is a good amount of shot making around Ty Rogers, that's going to make life a lot easier for him. It's going to be harder to pack the paint on him. He'll be able to see the fact that hey, if if Goody's in one corner, Damascus is in another. Those guys can't cheat because if they do, then you kick it out, and that's a three. Uh, Shannon, if he improves his ability to, to be a catch and shoot guy, and I think. With Rodgers, personally, I, I like the the fact of playing Coleman Hawkins at the five the most when Rodgers on the floor. Get some pick-and-pop looks. Coleman, ability to knock down catch-and-shoots, again, is, is going to be really vital. But uh, if, if I look at it singularly, I would say point guard position because of, while I like the team's experience as a whole, 
the lack of experience at point guard. I mean, Ty Rogers, you look at the synergy numbers, he had 31 possessions of usage in ball screens last year. Nicola Moretti has not played in college. Draven Gibbs Lawhorn has not played in college. Yes, uh, Sincere Harris has, has played some. I don't want him operating offense too much, running your offense. Can he push a, a break and, yeah. and get to the rim? Yes. But in terms of creating and facilitating the half court, that's not really his game. Justin Harmon's played in a bunch of ball screens. He's also turned it over a bunch in his career as well. So uh, I think as I look at that, point guard inexperience is my biggest concern, although there is uh, a very good case to be said for for shooting because they don't have a – I think Luke Goody can be it. He's going to have to do it at a bigger sample size. Marcus yeah. Mass stepping up into a different role. Do they have a knockdown dead-eye shooter? I don't know. I don't know if they do. I think they have more – Competent, I think that was the word you used in your story today. Shooters, capable shooters. Um, so I, I think that's going to go up a little bit. I don't think they'll be great shooting team. I think they'll get more possessions because they'll rebound better. Uh, you are probably right with the point guard play, Derek, just because you have more guys that have shown they can be capable shooters than a capable point guard on this team. The only reason I could go shooting is because that includes free throw shooting. I, I think that number is maybe almost as important as three-point shooting because I think this team's going to draw a lot of fouls. Terrence Shannon, Dane Danger, I think even Marcus Domask, Ty Rogers, those guys are going to get a lot of free throws. Domask, I think, will make them. Shannon, I think, we've seen will make them. But Danger, can he shoot over 50%, 55%? I don't know. Ty Rogers, can he shoot over 40%? Like, we got to see that. Sincere Harris, can he shoot over 25%? Like that, We need to see that from those guys because they're going to get – free throw opportunities can they make the most of them because those are empty possessions those are the turnovers missing those front ends or um you know going over two so that that's another huge concern for me is just that free throw shooting because i think it's gonna be a strength drawing them but they got to make them yeah no i fully agree with all that that was a killer last year when you look at i, I talked about late in games i think that's a big thing for underwood to figure out with lineups like what he wants to do yeah. when you have a lead or you're playing in crunch time and, and can you afford to have too many guys out there that, that can't make free throws and what do, you, what do you do with Ty in that standpoint can he make a big enough progress forward in terms of being more competent at the free throw line and really if I were to list the three guys and you can I'd be interested in your input on this three guys most likely to get fouled and go to the line are probably Terrence Shannon Ty Rogers and Dane Danger yep. I would imagine and of those three I mean Terrence is a good free throw shooter but the other two are, are not at all so um, I, I do think you know, if you if you have a lead, you put Goody out there, you put Damask out there. I trust those guys to go to the line and make them. Um, but yeah, I mean, this team can attack downhill. They said they want to shoot less threes. That means more drives to the basket. Can you convert that and really make teams pay at the free throw line? To be determined. Yeah, Ty Rogers will start. I don't know if he'll close because yeah, that, that's a huge issue until proven otherwise. Illinois, sixty-seven point nine percent from the free throw line, three hundred ninth in the country. Can you get that to seventy? I think that would be massive for this team. All right, which transfer makes the biggest impact on this season for Illinois basketball? I'll go with Marcus Damask. I think that in terms of his ability to just do a lot of different things offensively, like for a team that's going to lack in point guard play experience in terms of playmaking, he's a guy that can be a secondary playmaker. You look at the fact that he was fifth in the Missouri Valley in assist rate last year. I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to, you know, run him in a, in a bunch of ball screens. I just think he's a really good passer. I think he sees the floor. He makes really heady plays. And hopefully Illinois has more actions off the ball this year. So, like, if Damask has the ball in the perimeter and there's some, hey, you can cut to the basket. You can, can do that. You. you can do that. Yeah, that's allowed. Yeah. Uh, Coleman Hawkins can, last year just so frustrated of no cutting. 
I know, no, no doubt about it. So I think that ability for him just to, to make smart plays, uh, to be someone that's steady, I, I think that's what he's going to bring. I, I think for uh, a team that has a number of questions, I see a steadiness, even making the transition from a mid-major to a, a high major, uh, the ability to make shots from the perimeter. Uh, I like the fact that he's he's physically strong and, and yes, now, now leaner, uh, ability to play on the wing too. Uh, I don't think he's a bad defender. I think he can be a quality defender. Uh, I, I think that Gary A, yes, if he if he rebounds like he did at Syracuse, shoots the three like he's done recently, he's got a chance to be I mean he was an all-league player in the ACC. He was a I think he was maybe a second or third team guy that, that sophomore year before he transferred the first time. But uh and Harmon is probably unsung. I, I think he's probably a little underrated based on his ability, like what, what he showed in Spain, the fact that he can defend and and get to the basket in transition and, and whatnot and has shot it decently uh at times. So um, I'll go to, with Damasco. I think he's the most impactful. Yeah, that's the guy I would probably choose. Gary Ayer, I would choose if Coleman Hawkins wasn't here. Uh, but Coleman Hawkins and Dane Danger both being here, he's probably a 20-minute-a-game guy, and that's a heck of a guy for, for 20 to 25 minutes a game if that's what he is. Uh, I think he's really going to help with rebounding, stretches the floor a little bit, but uh, getting back to that four position, uh, talking with him, he adds a lot of maturity. Uh, he, he's a really impressive guy. The guy I don't want to look overlook is Justin Harmon. I know like during the summer after watching that practice, I'm like, where does he fit? But seeing what he did overseas, seeing the one game that we got to see of him, if it doesn't go well in the backcourt, he's going to be massive. Like he's going to be huge for this team. If sincere Harris struggles offensively, if Ty Rogers struggles offensively, Justin Harmon could be a guy you really rely on, could start at some point during the season, but I think he's going to play big minutes. And I think, uh, just his experience is, is going to be big. Give him some toughness. Give him some a guy who's been there. And he did end the season really, really well at, at Utah Valley. So can he be a sneaky eight-plus point-per-game guy? I, I'm not I'm not overlooking that. Like I don't think that's ridiculous if, if he could end up that. I'm not going to project that because the, the backcourt's got to figure out what it is. But given the lack of proven options around him, he's just a guy that I don't want to overlook. Definitely. Yeah, I mentioned steadiness with Damascus. I think that in comparison to some other guys around him in the backcourt, Harmon can definitely bring that. I mean, you're going to probably ride the freshman roller coaster with Draven Gibbs Lawhorn, as talented yeah. as he is. Sincere Harris offensively leaves a decent amount there to be desired. Uh, ties in that mix, too, obviously, uh, in terms of being a guy in the backcourt that has some challenges offensively. So I think Harmon, I know he didn't shoot the three all that well, like, pretty much anybody on that foreign trip, but he was able to get the rim, use his ability to get his hands on steals, led the team in steals, uh, and his ability to kind of get out and transition and run the break. He's a physical guy. He's tough. He's gritty, hard-nosed, all that. Um, I, I think he is somebody that is going to be – the fact that he's been there before. I mean, the NIT is a little bit different than playing, you know, big-time high-major basketball, but he, that's a that was a stage that he performed well in, and, and he's someone that they've – seen get more and more acclimated and, and, and comfortable playing in this backcourt. So uh, I, I agree. I don't think you can sleep on him. I think he's somebody that potentially, depending on how some dominoes fall, you, you could really, really need him. Yeah. All right, which returner, Derek, do you expect to take the biggest leap as a player for Illinois? So this doesn't have to be statistically. It could just be the, the way they play the efficiency. So which returner makes the biggest leap? This is a really good question. Um, I, I think it's a tough one to call. I think people would – People around the program would tell you that Terrence has made a huge leap. The fact that he now has that mid-range game working, at least on the practice court, how much he's worked on that and, and tried to add the fact that he's a three-level scorer now. That 
Uh, you, he plays, drives to the rim, and he can pull up and hit that shot. If that's something that really translates for Illinois, he's going to be a load. He's going to be someone that's really, really tough to stop. Boy, that second game we saw in Europe. Whew. Yeah. That was a problem. Was yeah, he was, he was awesome. <laughs> yep, hitting threes and going to the rim. And obviously, I mean, he's just, uh, explosive and, and dangerous in transition as probably anybody in the Big Ten. Uh, Coleman, I think if he's the answer, uh, that is huge for Illinois. If offensively, just his decision-making is improved, if his catch-and-shoot is more efficient, that could be a big deal. Or just more aggressive around the, the basket, too. I, I think that was something last year that there were flashes of it late in the season uh, against Penn State. I know Penn State didn't have the, the bigs around the basket to really challenge him, but uh, I think if Coleman makes that jump offensively, that would be a huge deal. Uh, I'll probably still go with Ty. I, I think that I think Ty will make the biggest jump. Yes, there's probably the most on his plate, the most pressure, uh, playing a position that I, I don't know if it's out of his comfort zone, but it's just a big challenge. It's a big challenge for him. It's different than the role he had last year. Uh, but I, I do – I just think Ty's a really good player. I, I think Ty is a, a guy that, you know, as he goes to the – is able to go to the basket, can he finish better a little bit, especially with his left hand? That's a big question. But um, – I think sometimes there will be some struggles, obviously, but I do think he's grown a lot, and uh, I'll go with Ty. The other guy I would throw into this is Dane Danger. Just just a year of experience should really help him. I mean, he kind of gets overlooked because the other transfers were so key, and no matter what you think of Matthew Meyer, Illinois doesn't make the NCAA tournament without him. Uh, was a ridiculous scorer and, and all-Big Ten third-team player. But Dane Danger averaged 10-6 and six for his first season of college basketball, and I think we saw the flashes, and boy, he looks in great shape. Uh, he, he looks like he can get up and down the court. So whether it's coming off the bench or starting, whatever it is, uh, he's a great piece. And he, he reminds me of a little bit of Trevion Williams. Their games are a little bit different. Trevion was an elite passer. I think Dane's okay or above average. Uh, can he take another step there? But just understanding the game. It's like the the, the leap I expect Luke Altmeyer to take in his second year, just of having that experience, Derek. Like, can Dane Danger take that kind of leap of just knowing the game, being settled, getting your butt kicked by Trace Jackson Davis a few times. Like, he, he said, I loved playing him because I learned a lot. Like, I, I think that's a really mature, healthy attitude. So, you know, Trevion averaged 11-7 and seven his second year. Like, I don't know if that's a ridiculous expectation for Danger. He doesn't have to play 25-plus minutes, but he's a really good player. Uh, and, and you throw that in with Coleman Hawkins, Quincy Gary here, that's a really, really good front court. Imani Hansberry as well. So, uh, Danger as well, just just the experience. I think he's going to be a smarter player. Yeah, and admittedly, now they're not the same player by any means, but when you said Dane getting his butt kicked by TJD, it kind of reminded me a little bit of, of Kofi getting taken to school by Luca. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Luca Garza in his, his first year, and obviously Kofi made a huge jump his second season, especially back to the basket game. And uh, Dane's already pretty polished in terms of his skill set as a back-to-the-basket scorer. I just think having a more a better feel of, of when to just make it simple and attack and just power dribble and go up. Um, and, and I think also passing is, is a big deal as well, just kind of having more awareness of what's going on around him, being a, doing a better job of when teams are going to double him, not turning the ball over. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with just – the flat out experience of a guy, I think we kind of forget because of how many years he's been in college now. I mean, he's, I think he, he took the pictures with the guys who are going to graduate because he's, I think, a, technically a college senior. He's played one season of college basketball uh, right. in full. So right. I think that as you look at him physically, too, I think he's more uh, having an ability to, to go up and down the floor and, and not get worn out. And I, he had a nice chase, chase town block in Spain that I, I didn't see anything out of that from him last year. 
he's going to crush it in non-conference play. Like that, I know they got, I know they got some uh, some big tests, but uh, against those little majors, he's going to do really, really well. Uh, we'll see how he does during Big Ten play. All right, you kind of hit on this a little bit, Derek, but uh, Terrence Chan and Coleman Hawkins return, which gives Illinois this high floor, uh, and they return really their second years as go-to players on a team. So, what do you think is the key for each of those guys taking the next step? Terrence has to be a consistent alpha. He has to be a guy that is in takeover mode, especially when Illinois needs it. You can't be quiet when you're on the wrong side of a run. You can't be quiet in, in a game where it's tight late uh, against a big-time opponent. So I, I think there were stretches last year, obviously, when he exploded. You look at UCLA, you look at the second half against Northwestern when Illinois needed it, uh, Texas in overtime. Uh, he, he was a big-time player and, and some some big moments for Illinois on, on the bright side. But uh, there, on the flip side, he was inconsistent. And, and I think, that obviously, that – that showed, and when you're you're one of four unanimous all Big Ten players, you got to be a star pretty consistently. And I think Illinois needs to see that. Yes, uh, in terms of like individual things with his development, uh, the pull-up jumper would be a big addition uh, in terms of ability. Like I think Illinois would would like to see that as a shot that maybe he even utilizes more than his three-point shot. I mean, he's just been really streaky as a three-point shooter. Sometimes he, he has it going, sometimes he doesn't. Um, I, I would offer up that as a catch and shoot. That's, that was something at Texas Tech he was he was pretty good in. Can Illinois afford to play him maybe a little bit less off the dribble in the half court and set those opportunities up? We'll see on that. But um, getting into that mid-range where I think he's going to find a lot of space, a lot of openings would be good. The right hand, of course, it, people are going to load up on his left and drive. And can he go right? Can he just be on 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 cue and, and be able to, to see the floor and, and be on balance with his right hand as well? And uh, I think defensively, He's just got so much athleticism. I mean, he's testing in the high, high levels in terms of like his his lateral quickness, his his sprint speed at the the NBA draft combine. He's got everything you need to really be a a pretty impactful defender. I think sometimes it's been a little up and down with him too. So yeah, can uh, I, I can I good I, one word written down assertive. Yeah, we saw every tool maybe besides that mid range game that he's been working on, on the right hand. We saw every tool for Terrence Shannon to be an All-American last year. Yep. For me, it was just mindset. Like, he still – it was his first year with a team. I think he was still feeling his way out. I think he thought it was Coleman's team at times. He kind of deferred to Matthew Meyer at times, which I understand. But you are the best player on the team. You have to be the alpha. Iodesumu just has that mentality no matter what. He came in. He was the alpha. You know, Terrence, it's, not, it's a different personality. But now I think seeing it, you know, what he is last year, I think now he knows, like – this is my team doesn't mean I got to dominate the ball all the time but I need to produce like a star all the time like I am an I am an all-american caliber player but he's got to be more assertive to do it I I agree with you Derek I'm on both ends and I think the NBA told him he needs to to work on his ball handling and all that and I think that mid-range game is huge for him because he can get downhill but then you got to keep a defender off balance and and the defenders knew he was attacking the rim so if he can get a a floater if he can get a mid-range jumper we saw what that could do for Io DeSumo in his second and third years. 100%. I think he's a guy – there's going to be a lot of conversations and have been about leadership. I think he's a lead-by-example guy. Yeah. I think that's what he needs to do. Uh, yes, he's a little more soft-spoken. I, I would like to see him in some crucial moments for this team, like get in a huddle and, and, and take command and, and do some of that stuff. But on that note, I think Coleman Hawkins can do that as well. Um, I, I think for Coleman, I touched on it already, I think – it's decision making. It's it's making smart plays within the offense. Understanding when you need to be aggressive. Understanding that you know that they're leaving you open from 15 to 17 feet. Just just shoot the ball. Shoot the ball. 
um, catch and shoot threes over step back threes all the time. And then around the basket, like just be a little bit more aggressive and, and looking for yours. So uh, I appreciate his unselfishness. I appreciate that he's a he's an IQ player that, that sees the floor well. Uh, yes, has made some some dumb mistakes in the past, but uh, I think that that's pretty much it for Coleman because defensively he does a lot of a lot yeah. of things well. Like he's very versatile and can guard anybody and that whole kind of deal. Uh, I know they've talked about him, you know, spreading down the floor as well. I think that's something that. He probably needs to, to get going and transition a little bit more, especially when he's playing the five. Like, he can outrun a lot of five men, just being a more um, agile yeah. five man for Illinois. So, I think that that's what I'm looking for for him. And if he can do that and pick his spots, not be overly aggressive, because I think there's going to – not to, like, read too much into his comments, but he's like, the NBA wants to see me shoot the ball. There, there's some times if – he might, you know, if he doesn't improve his percentage, especially 28% three-point shooter last year, if he takes a bunch of threes, that's not going to be good for Illinois. But right. that's kind of what I'm looking at with him. Yeah, with him, I think he's going to be improved, especially as a facilitator, just because his team around him is going to be smarter, cutting all those things. So I could see him going up to four assists a game from three assists uh, last year. But for me, it's just don't hesitate. Don't. I mean, you can shoot the ball. We, we've seen it at times. I know the shot can be flat at times, but, like, shoot the ball like don't don't hesitate don't do the pump fake and, and all that like if somebody's not guarding you make them pay make them pay so it's not saying eight shots from three at the top of the key every game but they need you to shoot like th- this team needs some shooters and i think he's capable of, of doing it i'm very excited to announce our new partnership with underdog fantasy we decided to partner with underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports it's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry Underdog Fantasy has a lot to offer, including their Pick'em game. In Pick'em, you pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. It's so easy to play. Just pick two to five stats of your favorite players and choose whether they'll go higher or lower. You can 20 times your money by going five for five. They also have a best ball mania. If you think you know football, you got to check this one out. This year's best ball mania has 15 million in total prizes up for grabs, with the winner taking home three million. So sign up today with promo code OLINI and get your first deposit doubled up to $500. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with my promo code OLINI to get your first deposit doubled up to $500. That's a new deal. It was previously $100, now it's $500. Must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, which freshman makes the biggest impact on the team this season? There's three. I'll keep. I'll count Nico Moretti as a redshirt freshman, Amani Hansberry, and Draven Gibbs Lawhorn. Going by Draven now, apparently, uh, rather than Dre. I think that if we would have asked this question June, July, probably would have been pretty consensus. Draven Gibbs Lawhorn, uh, Amani maybe made some people think about it with what he showed in Spain, like as far as having a double double the last game, being very productive i know brad loves him like in terms of how hard he plays he's gonna have bring physicality i think he's gonna 
be a guy off the bench. He's going to put his hat hard, uh, hard hat on and, and just go to work. I think he's a guy that you really, really like in that in that role. But Illinois needs Straven Gibbs Lawhorn in that backcourt to be the, the most impactful freshman. Yes, Nico Moretti is is at a crucial position as well, but I, I think Gibbs Lawhorn's in the best position to do it. And I think he, I think that's my pick. I think he's a guy that athletically is going to impact Illinois. I think transition that's going to be a, a seamless thing for him to go out there and attack the rim and show, you know, he's, he's a guy that can windmill dunk uh, for a reason. So uh, defensively, I think he's got the tools to, I know there's a lot of learning stuff that goes into it for freshmen, like knowing your assignments, knowing help defense positioning and all that. Um, And I know they need to, they want, have been harping on him, you know, make sure you don't get screened. Like Trent Frazier had to learn how to just be someone you could never screen. He was just as an act for it. So that's, those are just kind of the, the finer details of the game that he still has to learn as a young guy, as do most freshmen as well. But uh, and then I think offensively he'll probably be he'll be, he'll be some inconsistencies with him. Like uh, he's going to take some shots. You're like, oh, uh, I don't know if that was the the smartest decision there. But then he'll 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 flash and and ring off a couple of threes or go to the rim. He's he's going to be a splash player, and and hopefully for Illinois' sake they make some impact plays. Um, not to disregard Amani, and, and we'll see Moretti. I, I know they've talked him up. Uh, especially offensively what he's doing, but I'll, I'll go with DGL. Yeah, defense concern for Moretti. Uh, 24.6 minutes per game for Jaden Epps last year, 9.5 points per game. I don't know if I'm expecting Dre to do as much statistically as that, but when you look at 41% from the field, 30% from three, some ups and downs throughout it, but I think the talent is going to shine. So, like, I, I think if you get something similar to that, like, I know they're different players. You hope Dre's a little bit better defensively. He's a bit better of a dribbler, it feels like. But Jaden could fill it up at, at times. So, uh, if that's my expectation. It's kind of a similar role as what Jaden Epps was. Of course, Jaden Epps had to play a much bigger role than we expected once Sky Clark left the program. So, um, yeah, I would expect Dre to, to be at least a 15-minute-a-game guy on this team. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and yeah, like you said, in terms of being kind of that score first guard who, who comes in like Jaden did, I think that's that's very similar to, to what Draven is in a position to be able to do. They think that he sees the floor a little bit better, and we'll see. I mean, he's he's going to get an opportunity as potentially the, the backup point guard to Ty Rogers. And if, if Ty really struggles, maybe it's even more on yeah. Draven's plate to, to really have to be that guy at point guard. So. Uh, a lot of chances for him to to make his mark on this team. Of course, ideally, Ty is is acclimating well to that position. You don't demand too much. Obviously, I think that that kind of played in a little bit, in my opinion, with Jaden. I, I think that uh, some of the clashes between Brad and Jaden were at the, uh, the the root of it was Illinois probably putting him in a position and rushing him to be the point guard sooner yeah. than he needed to be. But uh, not to go on a tangent there, but uh, I, I think that yes, Draven can play 15 plus minutes. Um, there's a chance that as he progresses through the season that he challenges maybe for a starting spot and the way it plays out or or just is a main top six, top seven guy in the rotation. All right, Derek, over under Illinois wins by New Year's Day, 8.5. They have 12 games before New Year's. That includes one game, uh, Big Ten game, Rutgers at Rutgers. And, of course, they have Marquette, FAU, Tennessee, and Missouri. So basically asking you, are they going to get upset by any teams like Colgate after finals? And do they get basically two of the five big games on this non-conference schedule? Uh, right now I'm looking at Bart Torvik. They have him listed as an underdog in only three of those games. They have him favored against Marquette 
but an underdog against Rutgers, FAU, and Tennessee, and a favorite against Missouri, which I don't know about that, given Brad Underwood's record against Missouri. I'll take the over a little hesitantly, but uh, I'm going to go with that because for a couple of reasons here, you, you look at Missouri, you got to beat them. I, 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 you're a better team on paper than them. I, I know that that hasn't played out that well for for Brad over the last handful of years. What he lost four of the last five? Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, it's it's been a, a tough game and one Illinois has been very ill prepared for and just played very poorly in. Uh, they did lose two guys that really killed you last year, uh, namely Kobe Brown, who went for a career high. I mean, a lot of guys had career highs in Illinois <laughs> last year. But um, Missouri attacked the portal once again. They're one of the oldest teams in the country. But Illinois has a lot of experience now, too. So I, I think that Illinois should win that game. I, I know there's going to be people who are hesitant to predict that or, or you know, put hang their hat too much on that. But uh, another thing, while Rutgers, the – the rack is scary. The rack is a scary place. Steve Peichel's team's not that scary. Uh, Cliff Amore is a really good player, but they lost McConnell. They lost uh, Cam Spencer, uh, an effective shooter who he goes to UConn. And then, of course, Paul Mulcahy decides to, to go to Washington as well. So I'm not saying Illinois automatically wins that game. Uh, they're definitely the better team on paper. And, and it is one of those early season road tests that can always be tricky. But uh, I, I kind of like Illinois' chances in that because of the rosters. And um, the other three are really tough. Like Marquette, is, a lot of people have as a top ten team going into the uh, going in nationally. Uh, Tyler Kolick maybe is the best player Illinois is going to see in the non conference. A point guard uh, out of Marquette, uh, FAU. Uh, that's a toss up game, and I really respect what they obviously were able to do last year. I think their guard play uh, is is going to Elijah Martin and, and John L. Davis really going to ch- challenge Illinois. That's a cohesive team that brought back pretty much everybody. And Tennessee, I mean, that's that's a daunting one. On the road, tough environment, uh, very good defensive team. That game maybe is the first of 60. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I'll say they get Missouri and either Marquette or Rutgers. Yeah. Marquette at home helps. Like, that. that's going to be a fired-up crowd. And, man, that's where you need Terrence Shannon to be Terrence Shannon. Like, UCLA, Texas overtime, Terrence Shannon. Yes. Uh, I will. I'll just be positive, Derek. We need some positive in our life right now with Illinois Athletics. So I'll go the over with you. Which Big Ten team do you like more than the consensus? I'll go through uh, the Big Ten preseason poll here, Derek. Illinois fourth, of course. Purdue pick number one. Only one uh, person that I saw so far has selected uh, Michigan State to win the league uh, in that athletic poll. Then you have. Um, Ohio, Maryland, number three, which I think both of you and I had them number three. Illinois, four. Wisconsin, five. Indiana, Ohio State, Northwestern, six through eight. Iowa, Rutgers, Michigan, nine through 11. Nebraska, Penn State, Minnesota, 12 through 14. So which team do you like more than the consensus there? This is a tough one because I, I'm pretty in line with our colleagues across the, the Big Ten and, and what we put together. I would have loved to take in Maryland if they were sleeping. If people were sleeping on them another year, that was our popular sleeper pick last year. We both liked them going into the year when they were kind of thought to be bubble team, maybe fringe NCAA tournament team or or on the other side of it, which obviously they had a pretty darn good year in Willard's first first year. I think they'll be uh, very, very tough this year. Um, Oh, man, this is difficult. I'll I'll throw two out there. You were high on Ohio State last year. That did not work. I was. We are one spot higher. On Ohio State. I have them sixth. We had them sixth in the Big Ten. That was a great finish. They got talent. 
they got talent. I think Holtman's a pretty good coach. Last year just went off the rails there. Uh, so I'm a little higher on them. And I, I know you talked about Rutgers' losses, but I just believe in Steve Peichel, man. They got an yeah. identity. Cliff Omarui is really good. I think Derek Simpson is going to take a huge leap. Like, I really considered him. Uh, Isaac Trotter for his 24-7 sports poll asked us for a breakout candidate. I, I know uh, I picked Bruce Thornton, who averaged 10 points a game last year, but I just think he's going to be maybe one of the best guards in the Big Ten. Um, I almost picked Derek Simpson because I think he's going to take a big leap. Nor Fernandez was a nice, nice get. They play defense, man. They're tough at home. So I, I just think Rutgers has a chance to kind of sneak in as top nine team. I have an eight um, above Northwestern, above Iowa, above Michigan. I just – I really appreciate Steve Peichel and, and their identity. Yeah, no, it's going to be a really hard-nosed, tough team. And obviously they're, they're gearing up for a huge year next year. They get <laughs> – they already have Ace Bailey, Mike and Dylan Harper. That, that recruiting class is ridiculous. Uh, on that note, it sounds like uh, NIL-wise when – Paul Mulcahy, who's wanting a lot of money, they they were stashing for their their recruiting class, which smart seems seems to be doing well uh, for them. Uh, I might take a buy on Iowa. I, I don't know where to put them. Like they their range of outcomes is very very difficult to kind of deal with, but it's going to be a team that can score. Like it, it just it always is. Fran McCaffrey. Uh, I know Tony Perkins had a heck of a finish last year. You look at February first and on, he averaged like sixteen or seventeen points a game. Mm-hmm. They bring back Patrick McCaffrey, um, Peyton Sanford can shoot the heck out of it, uh, and Ben Creke from uh, Valpo, a guy that had good numbers, obviously at a, a mid-major, but he comes in a, as a big man that can, can give him a, a scoring punch as well. And I'll just say, like Fran's done a really good job of recruiting like under the radar guys that hit and about and uh, really been able to develop guys. So like I think the year that they were they won the Big Ten tournament. They, they, they had lost Garza. They had lost Bohannon and Wieskamp. And they come back and they're like pick 10th or 11th in the league and they win the Big Ten tournament because Keegan Murray just explodes. So um, could that happen this year? I don't know to that level, but I think they could be better than some people think. Yeah, like it would not shock me if like Iowa was better than Indiana or Northwestern at the end of this year, right? Yeah. Because they're going to score points. And Fran McCaffrey, only two coaches have won more Big Ten games over the last four years than Fran McCaffrey. It's Brad Underwood at 55, Matt Painter at 51, Fran McCaffrey is 48. Like, wow. he's, he's done a heck of a job. And I know the Luka Garza thing, but he deserves a ton of credit for Luka Garza, Keegan Murray, Tony Perkins. Like, these guys uh, he's been able to get. All right, who's who's a team you're lower on than the consensus, Derek, to wrap this thing up? Hmm. I don't – let's see. Northwestern, if they were ranked higher, I, I probably would have went with them. Because you look at Bartorovic, they were like fifth or so in, in the preseason rankings, but a lot of people kind of selling on them after obviously a really good year last year. Um, that feels like a regression to the mean at the very least. I had them yeah. ninth. So they're eighth in the poll. I thought they'd be a little higher than that. Um, I, I think they do regress to the mean a little bit. Rutgers is probably low enough. I don't know if I'd go lower on them. Um, Everyone agrees they, with us from Michigan. Like we're, we're really close to the consensus here. So this is difficult. I know. Indiana probably for me. They're, they're sixth in the poll, but I had them seventh. I don't, I don't see that roster unless Mbako is amazing. I just don't see it. Uh, Xavier Johnson's got to be great. They'll be able to defend. They'll be able to rebound, but can they score? Like it's, I still don't see shooters on this team, Derek. Like they're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. They need better guards. Listen, Trey Galloway's a nice player. Xavier Johnson's solid veteran. But they need more shot makers, and they just got a bunch of power forwards. Feels like they loaded up in the front court. 
Yeah, for sure. And we'll see if, if Khalil Ware lives up to his potential. Um, had a nice, uh, a nice addition uh, and sparks from from yeah. Ball State as well. But uh, yeah, if Xavier Johnson's healthy, he's one of the better point guards in the league, but not really a big time shot maker. I would say good defend, really good defender, uh, good assist man. But yeah, I mean Galloway to rely on him for more scoring punch on the on the wing is probably a tough situation to be in. And man, Trace Jackson Davis was just. So amazing last year to 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 lose him is is huge. So I I could see the experiment not going right for Indiana. Um, they are they got some talent and obviously have some more on the way with how many five stars they're involved with uh, pushing forward. But it wouldn't be surprising if they disappoint this year. Yeah, they're twelve and eight in the Big Ten uh, last year. And is there a chance Michigan State's too high? Probably not. But I don't think so. Like I, I can people- see I can see Maryland finishing ahead of them. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be difficult for Michigan State to win a regular season championship over Purdue. I mean, <laughs> Zach Eadie's just ridiculous. Matt Painter's a great coach. They got good pieces around him. I guess four people did pick Michigan State to win the league. Their guard plays awesome, like yeah. just awesome. They do have some questions in the front court. Can Jade Nakins take another leap? But they're, they're deep, man. Um, they got a lot of talent, and I, I just those guards, AJ Hogard and and uh, Tyson Walker, just a great pair. There are people out there. The, the counter, I guess, is that would well, they go eleven and nine in the league last yeah. year, and they lost. Our, some would say their best player in Joey Hauser. I I probably say that Tyson Walker is a little bit better than him. Maybe even AJ Hogard. But um, yeah, I really like the guard play. Their freshman class is really talented with Booker and Jeremy Fears, um, and That's even Cohen coming in, uh, athletic wing. But um, yeah, I, I think it's it's Purdue and probably Michigan State, and then there's a maybe a little bit of a gap depending on what happens to Illinois. I think Wisconsin, Wisconsin could be a little bit better than some people think too. That they're, they're a sneaky pick for that. They could finish above fifth. Like they bring back everybody. Uh, AJ Storer was a nice addition in, in the portal, and uh, I think Connor Asesian he, yep. he might have been my breakout player if if I was looking for one in the league because I think Not that bad. he showed a lot of encouraging things last year and could step into a bigger role this season. Yeah, they're just going to do their Wisconsin thing. The the ceiling seems a little tapped, but uh, they, they got everybody coming back, and they're, they're a good team. Maryland would not shock me of being a contender. They just yes. got talent, man. They got they got really good. They probably got the best guard in the league, point guard in the league, and Jameer Young. Julian Reese is, was an all-Big Ten, top-ten guy for me. Uh, the way he ended the season was ridiculous. Oh, and Dante Scott, a line I killer, still there. Still and then they, then they have a ridiculous freshman class. Deshaun Harris-Smith was my – freshman of the year pick i think it's gonna be between him and mbaco so um yeah they're loaded kevin willard man i really like what he's doing buying stock in them and kind of a sneaky ad i'm not saying he's awesome but jordan geronimo is a decent yeah. piece to add some physicality uh experienced guy in that front court i, I like that team a lot yeah I, I think willard long term is going to be a a big time contender and a guy that's gonna be tough to deal with in the big Ten. sure Derek piper Good to talk some hoops, man. Uh, we'll have to do this a little bit more frequently now with basketball season right around the corner and football season not going so well. Thank you, buddy. Let's do it. I'll see you at State Farm Center in what, like eight days? Eight days. Eight days. Hey, wait wow. before I, before I let you go. You're, you're Justin Fields, all in, all in. Even I'm if the Panthers in. give us the number one pick, you're yeah. all in. It's not the most popular take, but I, I'm just I'm riding with my guy. I, I think in the right situation, he's got enough talent to be the guy and I, I get it like Caleb Williams just looks like he'd be special and passing up on that opportunity would be pretty difficult but I also think that I saw the haul that the Bears were able to get for the spot to get Bryce Young 
I mean, the the ceiling that's going to be assumed with Williams would bring back an even bigger return to build around Justin Fields. Uh, I'm not going to – I get it. Like, what he did against the Broncos and the Commanders, two not very good defense, especially right. the Broncos. They're atrocious. But I think that – I'm excited about him. I think that it's a great problem to have. This is a yeah, great is. problem to have. The fact that hey, we got a guy that maybe at times, like we got to see it over 12 more games before I, I go all in on him. But this is a good problem to have. Like I can root for my team, but also root for a tank at the same right. time, Derek. It's a great place to be. Ryan yeah. Poles has had some really questionable moves. Head coach Chase Claypool, but boy, this this Panthers trade looks pretty good. So I, I like what, I like what he's done there. It looks really, really good. Um, I just don't want people to write it off too soon. I've seen too many clips of guy on first take says you got to trade Justin Fields now, or people are saying you know Fields is done after this year. Like I, I think they've forgotten the second half of last year, and then just kind of what he can do yeah. if you call reasonable plays. I know it's been a challenge for Luke Getzey so far. If you put a, a decent offensive line in front of him, which we haven't really done yet, and can you get? him a decent receiving core too so um if you go out in the offseason find a way to get t higgins trade for some pieces that allows you to get marvin harrison jr and some offensive line help and let's roll let's roll baby i like it i like it um at worst justin fields would have a market he would have a market yeah. if he continues to play like this uh, yeah. i will wear my dj moore jersey on my flight home from dc i bought it Derek. i'm all in i'm that guy He's, oh, he's probably the best wide receiver we've seen. I mean, Brandon Marshall was pretty good. He was really good, but that was uh, short lived. So, three touchdowns, man. That was awesome. that was awesome. All right, have a good weekend. Give us something to cheer about. <laughs> Safe travels to DC, man. Enjoy it, uh, and uh, hopefully, we have a, a game to watch on Saturday. Well, there will be a game. We'll see if it's a competitive game into the second half. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. Anytime, man. See you. Great stuff from Derek Piper. Excited to talk some Illini basketball and excited to see this team up close. New look team, of course, but a lot of key returners, including Terrence Shannon, Coleman Hawkins, Dane Danger, Ty Rogers, of course. Uh, but it's going to be fun to watch this team kind of develop. Uh, it's obviously a team built for now. You, you go into the transfer portal, add three graduate transfers. You're trying to win this season, of course, with Terrence Shannon and you know Coleman Hawkins back for another year that maybe you didn't expect. You do want to take advantage of that. And Illinois has finished top five, at least tied for top five or better, the last four seasons, made the NCAA tournament all those years, except for, of course, the pandemic one. Still wish we would have seen Andres Felice in the NCAA tournament. Just uh, not fair. Not fair. But uh, Brad Underwood has kept this team competitive atop the Big Ten for four straight years. And I expect them to do it again, of course. A lot of angst about what they do in the NCAA tournament. But first, got to get there. I think this team will. I think this team will. I don't really have a lot of questions about that. I think Brad Underwood has built another really good roster here, but it's not without its flaws. It's not without its potential downfalls. And we saw last year towards the end of the year the the downfalls of that roster. Brad Underwood, I think he's going to like coaching this team more um, just because I think they'll be more consistent. I think they will be smarter, more mature team. It comes with maturity, uh, less inexperience. And it seems like all these guys are kind of bought into it. But let's see it play out, shall we? Thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcasts. Do the same on our YouTube channel as well. Give us a like on our videos up there. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell. And check out Illini Enquirer for all the latest. I have a mailbag coming out this weekend. Derek just wrote a story breaking down what the identity of the Illinois offense will be this season. Really good breakdown. Joy Wagner is going to have a story on Ty Rogers here coming up as well. And Joy did a really good piece 
breaking down why the Illini offensive line is struggling and uh, if any changes could come, if they can improve at all the rest of this season. Had a really good chat with Bart Miller, the Illinois offensive line coach. So go check that out. You can always be a VIP member for $1 for your first month. So check that all out at IlliniInquire.com. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If, ready PG.